This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, it's just another great day in the neighborhood. Right here, the neighborhood is just up from the Rogers Center, which celebrates, of course, Mr. Rogers. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Look at that tie-in. Huh? I, you know, sometimes things just work out. Even when you're stupid, things can work out. You know, my my uh, my father-in-law, he's an old coal miner. He used to say, you know what, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn now and then. You know? Absolutely. Of course, he used to look at me when he said that. But I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But certainly welcome, everybody. The locker room is at St. Vincent College. The locker room is at training camp, and we are on the second-to-last day of training camp. And I'm here with Ninja Jacob as Max is ensconced in uh, getting here. He, uh, I think he flew all night, and he's uh, right now he's, he's traversing the last little bit in a car. Uh, I hope it's not a Mini Cooper. You know, i got to ask Max about it. He used to be involved with Mini Coopers. I can't imagine him fitting. Him in a, a mini-, mini Cooper? Could you imagine? That's that's like wearing it. No it's chance. not riding in it. No like, chance. Oh, six, eight. That's like him taking the car for a ride. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, that's really what it's about. It would. It's more like him, you know, wearing that car uh, than, than anything else. But certainly it'll be fun when Max gets here, and this is going to be another good day. Here we go. We got a today will be a non-padded practice because they can't go three days in a row with pads um, on account of I don't know they they you know they could get a scratch or something. So <laughs> I remember I remember sitting up. I was up in the locker room, Jacob, before practice, and I'm sitting there and I'm glumly looking at the afternoon on the chalkboard. Right. All right. There's a chalkboard there and it says full pads. Love that. All right. Full pads. And I'm just sitting there looking at in the midst of double sessions, in the second week of double sessions. And as I'm glumly looking at it, I I guess I must have been like staring, just locked in on it. And I hear this laughter. And it's the great L.C. Greenwood Uh sitting across the locker room from me. He goes, boy, in all my years at that point, he was like 10 or 12 years, you know. In the league, yeah. yeah. He goes, boy. That thing is not going to change. It hasn't changed since I've been here. It's not going to change today. You might as well just get used to the fact. Except you got to put, your, yeah, yeah. you got to put your pads on. So that's what it was each and every day. You know, you put them pads on and you go at it. Not anymore, right? I think today is our no pads day because we were in pads the last two. Right, correct the mundo. And I know that's not something you and Max are too fond of. Well, only because we want to see them get the beat down like we had. You know, I mean, it, it's not. It's not yeah. Not personal. only not only are the are they not getting double practices each and every day, padded practices each and every day. Some days the 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 practice has just been in the morning. They have the whole afternoon to kind of relax with the rain advancements, if you want to call them. <laughs> How about that? They move practice from one fifty five to ten thirty. Now they also have a. 11-hour window to get all the work done through the the new CBA, okay? Right. So the clock starts ticking. And, you know, I mean, you can't have the evening meetings. We had evening meetings sometimes. We got out after 11. You know, I mean, it was a bed check. You, you had to go up right up to the bed, you know, because. Oh, no, right not there. anymore. Yeah. Now it's, now it's you have that time to kind of snack, relax, and you got to. The bed check, I think, now is at 11 o'clock. If, you know, they have all the, yes. the schedules posted around campus. And they so, yeah, got the a, snack up there too. Did you see that tent on the outside? Is that what that's for? Yeah, they sit out like, there. You see the the lights under it too. 
Well, you know, I mean, it's it's all nice. It's it's, it's like it's like a wedding ceremony. Tennis. It's a party. It like. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody. The nice thing is, it does provide for those evening deals where guys are hanging out together. Mm-hmm. You know, which is better than them. which is important. Yeah, it is. It really is. That's something that Tomlin has has gone to many times when talking about the importance of Latrobe. Is you don't get this kind of atmosphere, this kind of experience. If you have a normal training camp, I think that's what exactly he missed so. last year. Yes, when the team was practicing at uh, the home stadium. This well, this is the normal training camp. That was abnormal. That you know oh, I mean? I mean that was one time in the last what? How long has the team been? Four years. Yeah, one time. Here, yeah, and then one other well, time. Well, actually, two years. The last two. Well, years yeah. Well, been here, but right, but that was when there was no training camp whatsoever. Yeah. So the only time there it was, was a training camp and it wasn't in Latrobe was just last year. So. Bizarre for everybody, right? Bizarre for the Roonies, bizarre for Tomlin, bizarre for the, the the rookies and now the second-year guys because think about the rookies, Pat Fryer with Najee Harris. They thought that was normal. Yeah. But for the rest of their time spent in Pittsburgh, they'll be here. Well, think about it. Again, only 20 guys have been through a training camp right. here already. Well, now we now, can say with only two practices left, that is no longer That is case. no longer a problem because they right. got all that taken care of. And it certainly is. And and has been a, a very productive training camp. I mean, just watching as this thing has unfolded, there's been a lot of good stuff that's been happening out here. And the good news um, is a little bit mitigated, too, in the sense of uh, you got some injury. Where's my injury report here? Oh, I thought I had it right here. Dead gummit had something there. Well, never mind because I'll find this. I got to just paint a picture for the listeners here. Wolf comes in. With this huge notebook of notes, <laughs> there isn't any heading headers on it. There aren't any tabs on the side to let him know which page is which. It's just a guessing game for. I'm just I watch you every day, but somehow you have this cognitive memory of knowing which page is which note. Just right now, it's we're unfortunately. In well, a bad I got moment. it though. Oh, you I got, got it. There you I go. It. Yes. It's literally just a notebook with no distinction of any page whatsoever. Just Wolf's my I'll. Let me give you a compliment here. Very nice handwriting. Thank my, you. My mom always is so embarrassed of my handwriting because it's a scribble, essentially. You, c- completely illegible. Well, you know who helped me? Was that? my older sister, Lynn Ray. Oh, really? Yeah. I. You know what? I was lousy with the handwriting, and she kept teaching and working with me because we're, we're, she's the oldest. I'm second oldest. You know, and we're only a year apart. Uh-huh. You know, Pretty and, close. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like... She she was just great. I that. was a lost cause. From, oh, were you? Like, from kindergarten on, I, it was just scribbles, scribbles, scribbles. Are so you a lefty we, or righty? I'm a righty. Okay. My dad's a lefty. Okay. But I'm, you're a lefty. I'm a lefty. You yeah. and Max both. I did I did learn that this year. But, yeah, I mean, you have no way to distinguish in your notebook which page is which. But, again, <laughs> like like you just said, you found, the, you found Somehow, the page within 15 seconds of looking for it. Somehow we got it. Well, what we found out was that Arthur Millette got a hammy yesterday. Master Teague got an ankle. We were worried a little bit. Master Teague, there was some confusion over what exactly went on and uh, what what was hurt. But it's been reported, at least in the papers, uh, as far as we know, that he had an ankle injury. And so that's right. that's unfortunate for the young guy because sure. this guy here was, was really making some noise in training camp. His ability to be able to come out and get some things done, be it – well, uh, you know, on special teams or or in the backfield, he was looking pretty good. Well, yeah, you were unfortunate. You were really concerned just because of the way he left practice. 
carted off. Yeah. That's it, something you don't want to see ever, and that's no. something that's not taken lightly. That's something that doesn't indicate good signs, right? Right, you don't, correct. You, if you can't walk off the field on your own power, that's all right. If you if you can at least hobble with people kind of holding your shoulders up, that's that's a good sign that you can at least make your way out. But to be carted off. When you get carted off, then yeah. something major happened. Especially when you're in a practice setting, a lot of those non-contact injuries can be the scariest, right? Because that just means you tweak something and it just went the wrong way, and that could be a season-ending injury. I don't know if that's the case here for, for Master Teague, but, Wolf, I think a lot of people would agree with what you said, that he's been having a really impressive camp, and he's been one of the guys who maybe didn't impress early, early on, right? And then he was... Right. Correct. As time went on, especially, and I think it it was capitalized in the preseason game, that he's just been getting better and better. And like I said, in that preseason game, he really impressed. And now, ever since the last two days of practice here, he was having a really great camp. But then, unfortunately, yesterday he went down. You know, you think about it, in the battle of the unknowns, and, and one of the, he's one of those guys, Master Teague is one of those guys that are put in that category. And his good work here has started to give him that impetus to um, be noticed and be able to start rising maybe up the charts a little bit. But you also got some other guys there. You've got, you know, the guys like uh, Mark Robinson, you know, Steve Sims, mm-hmm. and, of course, Jalen Warren. Those are four guys that, in my mind, I, I really liked what we saw from Steven Sims. I mean, the 38-yard jet sweep, he had the 38-yard punt return. But we also saw a couple of situations where he came back into a basically a bunch formation in motion and aided uh, the the uh, I think it was Connor Hayward uh, uh, was was setting up as an H back there and in a blocking scheme and he, he got right in there and stuck his grill right in somebody else's grill and he's a tough little guy he's one of those short stop and go guys quick short quick stop and go guys that Mike Tomlin talked about yeah I mean he's definitely a guy that Tomlin enjoys having on the team this is someone who is tough to the dirt, right? Just willing to get his hands dirty no matter how he's being used. And that's exactly what Tomlin wants, right? He wants someone who's not going to be afraid to get the ball given to him. He'll, as you and Max like to say, someone who can typically fall forward, right, rather than retreating backwards. (laughs) I know we've given Jalen Warren a lot of that credit, but Master Teague also excels in that area as well. Well, he does, and he's really kind of jumped out and started – that's when you start to take notice, especially when guys do it live in a game. But he's been doing it up at camp here. He runs hard. I, you know, I, I've, I've been impressed with him. I think you could say that the backup running backs, as a depth unit, right? Not you're you're disregarding all the starters. Right. Look at the depth guys in each positional group. Oh yeah. I think the running backs have had the best camp so far, or camp this year, out of all depth positions. Oh. It could be, you because you could make an argument for the wide receivers, too. That's a know? great point. I think, though, when it's tougher with the wide receivers, just because you're always going to have at least two or three, sometimes even four of them on the field together. So you're looking at a very small group when you're looking at the depth guys. Obviously, we're talking about here mainly Miles Boykin and Gunnar Olszewski. Anthony Miller was included in that group. Sadly, that, he's now no that's longer. a bummer because yeah, Anthony that's... Miller was making traction. Absolutely, I, I don't know if any of us could have predicted who was going to make the team between Gunner Boykin and Miller. I think we can assume that because of his special team capabilities and special team contributions, that Gunner 
Olszewski would make the team, and it was left between that sixth receiver, between Miles Boykin and Anthony Miller. They were both having great training camps, and then Miles Boykin was able to be on the field on Saturday last week. Anthony Miller was not, and we now know why. And Boykin continued to impress. I believe that if Anthony Miller were out there, he would also have a great day. We just didn't get that opportunity. But, yeah, I, I like that that uh, point by you as well. You know, the, uh, you just brought up Miles Boykin. That's another guy that I think is having a quietly very good uh, training camp. Yeah. I mean, we saw him uh, Saturday night. He had a couple of catches. He had a nice tackle on a kickoff. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in the gunner position and punt team do a fine job getting down the field, getting after it. He's a very physical, big dude. He's one of those uh, long and tall wide receivers that Mike Tomlin talks about kind of in the vein of a Pickens, in the vein of a Chase Claypool, Mm -hmm. very similar. He's strong-handed, catches the ball with his hands, Um, not one guy to always catch it, trapping it against his chest and belly, that sort of thing. Uh, So I've been impressed with Miles Boykin. I think there's a lot of – he's got a lot of uh, oomph when he moves. You know, he's got a lot of power. I I think there's no doubt that – who whoever would have made the team between Boykin and Miller if they both stayed healthy throughout the entire preseason, that whichever guy didn't make the final 53 would have been picking up by another NFL team just because of how impressive both of them have been and how we can assume Anthony Miller would have continued to impress had he been able to be on the field for all three preseason games or whichever one that he he or the coaching staff would have allowed him to be on because, you know, you don't want to always ruin your guys too early in, in the preseason. But right. absolutely, both of these guys, I think no one would have been upset to see either of them make the Final 53. It just would have come down to who is going to be the one out of the two of them. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge uh, upsetting thing to, to know that Anthony Miller won't have that chance this year, considering that he really had a very limited chance last year when he was brought onto the team, and this was his shot to really make a name for himself in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform, and he was on his way to doing so until he had to suffer this season-ending injury. And the thing that I think has got to be distressing is the fact that, uh, you know, one of the big catch things about it was that he was a Trubisky guy, you know I mean? He'd worked with right. him in Chicago. Right, that chemistry is... And that sort of chemistry, like you say, it's important in the slot receiver because the slot receiver plays the inside position he's got to play it with quarterback eyes he's got to mm-hmm. read the safeties and the inside guys um in, in the windows like a quarterback would read it so uh, you got to have that sort of espn in between the receiver and between the, the quarterback that mental telepathy thing and you're both looking at the same thing and reading it together as one absolutely i mean when you look to a guy like a George Pickens or maybe a Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, guys who can just hit the deep route, right? Oh, yeah. There's really one way for them to go. It's either down the sidelines or a post route, right? There's All, all they need to do is find where the ball is going to end up based on the arch of the ball or the throw power by the quarterback. But that's a great point by you. When you're in that short to midfield range – that ball could be placed anywhere. Position, yes. Right. That yep. ball could be placed anywhere, especially in the slot. So yeah. you have to have that chemistry with the quarterback to know I mean that's why the Ben to Deontay Johnson uh chemistry or the Ben to Juju when Juju was in the slot was right. so sure fire. You're right. Because they just had that sixth sense between the two of them. And that's something I'm sure that if they continue to play together here in Pittsburgh after their time in Chicago, Anthony Miller and Mitch Trubisky could have continued to grow apart. 
You know, it's interesting because you look at the wide receiver pool, and again, it goes with the tall guys, small guys with stop and go type of thing that Mike Domlin talks about. But with Deontay Johnson, oh, Deontay Johnson, one of the things that I just watching yesterday and the day before, he ran a couple patterns mm-hmm. with a uh, in in route over the middle, but his he was in the slot. And his wiggle at the top of the route, when he stems that route, and he, he's got this little When faking. he plants his foot, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know how you stay on your feet. That was such a good head, hip, body fake, whatever. Everything was like fakerating all at once. I think I saw one on looking at the field on the left, left side of the field on the left sideline. I think he shook maybe Donovan Steiner. Quite literally almost out of his shoes. Exactly. He was faking going in, and then he came right back out. And the ball was, I don't know who the quarterback was, but the ball was ready to be placed on the sidelines so that only he could catch it. But it didn't even need to be placed that perfectly just because he did such a good job of, like I said, planting his feet, moving his hips to get right where the ball was. Well, think about it. If you got that little wiggle, and again, if I did that, I would like throw up my lumbago or something, whatever that is. Oh, you know, you that, just can't do it. No, no, that would I'd be a metabolic junk pile. <laughs> there was the day where he and the Steelers agreed upon his contract extension. Up until that point, he was an active member of training camp, not a full participant. He was a in member, <laughs> right? An in member, but active, yes. not inactive, active, right? Just not fully participating. But that day that he got his extension, and he was able to then fully allow himself to participate at a full level i was sitting up here during training during that day's practice with dale and matt and we were watching the the receivers do their drills and, and the three of us just said to ourselves i it is crazy we've been out here watching gunner Rowe and anthony miller and miles boykin and, and tyler vaughn and all the guys on the depth chart and the, and we've been impressed with them what was that week two up until week two before that extension was done and then for the first time we got to see Deontay Johnson do his do his thing, right? right? Really shine. And we go, that's exactly what a route is supposed to look like. That is that's exactly how a receiver is supposed to shake off a defender. You wanted to be optimistic that these other guys could do it just as well or to an extent of how well he does it, and then he comes out here and you go, No, 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 Nobody is like Deontay Johnson and their ability and their and their quick footedness. Well, you know, his ability here's one of the things Heinz Ward always used to say, receivers gotta be able to run the same pattern at three different speeds. You know, and All right. Deontay's one of those guys that I think he can maximize that aspect of the game where he can really be deceptively fast or deceptively kind of cruising and then, you know, accelerate, that sort of thing. He can use the rhythm and speed of a route to his greatest advantage. But when he starts that wiggle and stuff, man, I mean, that's that's really hard. You get man coverage, Oof. that sort of thing, he can really uh, tear you apart with it. And the other thing about it, too, is we've seen George Pickens able to use it yesterday. Uh, Pickens was up against uh, Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. five times in one-on-one stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting because there were – uh, uh, Pickens caught the ball, I think it was like three times or something. And it was funny because Mike Tomlin said, I didn't do this for Minka. This is, this is for Pickens. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's a great way to make sure your young guys, your young guns, the George Pickens, the guys that are going to be needed to be counted on, mm-hmm. they've got to get some of the best schooling they're going to get when you line up and you get you. it's the iron sharpening iron sort of thing with a Minka Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're talking about, the best defender you have in your secondary in Minka Fitzpatrick going up against what many people predict will be 
a runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year in George Pickens, someone who could maybe climb his way up the depth chart in a couple of years at the wide receiver position. So iron sharpening iron, absolutely. You have these two Goliaths really going at it against each other, and that's the best way to compete, right? That's the best way to get yourself ready for the competition. There's no question about it, and I simply think that, Okay, we're going to take a break because I think we're going to get Max Starks checking in here pretty soon. All right, we're up at training camp. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. It's a gorgeous, beautiful morning, a day that, man, you got to have some football being played out today. We'll be back with For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. So, here's what you do, Max. Okay, yes. we're, we're now joined by the Maximus one here because he is Maximilian Starks here in, <laughs> in, in the flesh. Now, you got nothing in your right ear, correct? Your left ear, your headset, you can hear. Yes, I can. Well, take your right paw and smack yourself upside the head with your right hand, and generally it starts to, like, uh, you know, wiggles the uh, electri- electrical cord around there, and maybe something will happen. I mean, it, it is. Don't a knock ve- yourself out. It though. is a very technical term on how to get the uh, the headset restarted. <laughs> as I'm watching the groundhog make his way down down to walk through as well. On one the of the groundhogs. Yeah, one of the many. Apparently, the, there's a lot of groundhogs. There, there are here. a lot of groundhogs here. We saw that one day. It was like seven out there. It was having a groundhog meeting. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But um, but no, I mean. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's another cool day. Yes, it is. It was 103 yesterday in Arizona, and now <laughs> I'm here. And literally, it's like a 40-degree difference in, in Now, weather. why did you go home? Because I think I, that you, okay, so, the, crowd, the people want to know. So I went home because my beautiful, young, talented, and awesome little girl, my youngest daughter, Quincy, turned eight years old there yesterday. There you go. And she had her birthday party on Sunday, and then we celebrated her yesterday. So I went home to surprise my daughter and to hang out with her on her birthday. And now I'm back here in Canada. What a what a great dad! <laughs> that is just that's the way that's dadification, man. That's getting the job oh, done. Yeah. Oh yeah, Good I mean right you. now I am off of three hours of sleep and, and a cherry <laughs> coke zero. So I'm I'm ready I'm ready to tear something up, Wolf. <laughs> you you look. <laughs> That wild eye, you know, yeah, exactly. like a little, little bit of crazy it's a going on. twitch, but yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I was getting a little nervous here as I'm sitting next to you, but okay, we're yeah. good. I can feel it emanating off of you. You know, one of the things that Jacob and I were talking about early on was, you know, training camp is that place for unknowns to come alive, guys that that shine, guys that maybe you didn't know too much about, but suddenly they start making. Uh, a little bit of noise and making a name for themselves. One of the guys that we talked about uh, in the first segment was Master Teague and Steve Sims. Uh, there's also Jalen Warren and Mark Robinson. But you brought up another guy that I thought, uh, okay, he fits right in there. Yeah, Khalil Davis. I think when you think about 
you know what Carlos is. We, right. We, we had we had we had his brother here last year, and they were trying to figure out him and Isaiah Bugs were trying to kind of figure their way out. Sure. As far as who was gonna who was gonna be that guy who could come in and play nose, but now you bring in the brother. <laughs> yeah. And I will say this, Khalil has been a pleasant surprise. He's very agile. He's aggressive. Whoa. And he likes to knife through the line of scrimmage. And nothing more evident than when you need a big play at the end of a game. How about that? Close it out. Close it out One is the way time. to get it done. I mean, he came he came in like like the last guy in a Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? Like he, <laughs> yeah. He's like, listen, listen, I'm going to win this just because everybody else has been knocked out before I got in here. <laughs> so I'm going to knock the last guy out. I want the title. And he gave it. <laughs> and to stop that Seattle Miracle-esque type of play right, that was trying right. to transpire that kept going backwards. They kept losing yardage off of it, which I, was I think amazing. They got confused. You know, maybe the maybe, long flight and everything. You know, it was like, hey, this was the way we were going a quarter ago. Maybe <laughs> we could go back that way again and win. So I don't know. <laughs> it, it was not working, but I love the showstopper hit that Khalil Davis laid on that dude. And, and of course, everybody else loved it. All his teammates loved it. Carlos and, and uh, Khalil are like. They're, they're, well, they're twins. So yeah, they're twins. Yeah, they look virtually. They have different numbers. That's right. the only difference That's between the only, them. Just about the way you can tell them. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they're both very powerful. They play with their hands well. They yeah. play a good leverage game. I don't know that their height doesn't work against them sometimes when they're hunkered down there. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like the Isaiah Loudermilk that you can, you know, you can get up and take a peek around and see what's happening. Um, they're both, you know, a little bit vertically challenged like I was. Yeah, <laughs> but but they are still very strong and very powerful dudes. And I think especially when you're playing that nose position, I think I think it's an asset. But you know, oh, like, absolutely, yeah. Like, like, but like we, but you know, but like we're also looking at is okay. Well, how many noses can you have on a team? You know, before right. you have to say now we need more defensive tackle in types because we have Tyson Alualu because we do have a Montrevious Adams right, and where do you fit in? But I think their pass rush capability kind of allows them to be versatile across the line. It allows them to not just be a zero head up over the center type of player. I play shade. I play two. I play three over the guards. And I can provide that emphasis that takes away from me having to peek around like Isaiah Lateran because <laughs> I'm not six seven right. And I don't want to wear stilts on the football field. But if I can apply pressure, which is the name of the game, that's how I stand out. And I think that was what – Khalil Davis really showed us and, and, you know, said, hey, okay, we need to watch him. And Carlos as well, we knew Carlos had it. It's just he didn't really fit the mold last year. Very young dude trying to figure out his NFL body and what his role was. But this year, yeah, both of them ha have definitely been surprises this year in camp. You know, one of the guys that would have fought, was you know doing some things was Tuzar Skipper, and unfortunately for him he got waved injured. Got You think about it. I mean, he, he made a big play. You know, yeah. recovered the fumble in the in the game Saturday night, and you're like going, wow, from the penthouse to the outhouse, that's a bummer. You know, but that is the life in the NFL. The NFL is is very unforgiving should you be succumbed to injury. Well, absolutely. I mean, hey, the number one of, uh, ability you must have, availability. Right. And, and, when you, and when you're injured, that's, that's what makes it that much easier for coaches to make a decision you want to make it as hard as possible on a coach don't give them any free reason now i know can you help getting injured absolutely not but at the same time you know it sucks in those moments because you're like okay i'm going 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 
Sometimes, you you know, like I said, are you hurt or are you injured? There's that, a difference. There's a big difference. Sometimes, hey, listen, if you're, if, if you're hurt, walk it off. Right. If you're injured, put some sticks on it and, and, and put some bubble gum and still walk it off. I was like, <laughs> I need to make this team. The only time you can get injured is after the 53 has been made. <laughs> yes. Yes. But before that, every everybody becomes expendable to an, a degree unless you are, of course, the top echelon 5% of guys right. that are just kind of bulletproof, so to speak. But everybody else, yeah, that, that's, that's one of the toughest parts about this, and that's what that's what makes training camp the grind. We need to see the durability in, in individuals. You know, I, I when I when I look at these guys, you know, I, I, I think how hard it's got to be if you are a Jalen Warren, a Steve Sims, you know, a Mark Robinson, Master Teague, or Khalil Davis, or some of the other guys that we've seen start to emerge um, when you've got one less preseason game, you don't have any doubles as far as practices, so your resume being put on video is being cut in half. I mean, you don't get as many reps. So you look at these guys and you think, man, oh, man, it, it, the odds of them catching on, they've been decreased, but you can increase by your performance come this Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing is, <clears throat> is when you get on that field and the lights are on, the cameras are rolling. Exactly. It's showtime, right? You know, I, yes. you, you've got to perform. You, you've, got, you've got to be the dramaturg, so to speak. You know, you have to be the, the what? The drama what? Dramaturg. D-R-A-M-A-T-U-R-G. Anyways. Yeah, I know. There it is. See? Right ah, see, Jacob was like, yep. <laughs> see, his cousin does that. My goodness, right now, <laughs> there is a beautiful, wonderful lady in, outside of Olean, New York, a little town called Rushford, who is sitting there listening to her son and his buddy, Max, talking, and she's like going, Max, that's a great word, Max, great word. You, obviously, you went to school when my son did. <laughs> wow, that was scintillating there, yes, my friend. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> Well, thank you. Listen, listen. My delirium does still have some some type of direction. I right. swear. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think the biggest thing is that you have to you have to be able to perform when when the lights get the brightest. You have to be able to go out there and make that splash play. Like we talked about, Stephen Sims. Yes. We know exactly at what point Stephen Sims was in that game. No doubt. <laughs> Jalen Warren. We knew exactly at what point Jalen Warren entered the game. Mark Robinson, we knew when he was in the game, and that's what you have to do. You have to be able to do something to catch their eye, the coach's eye. You have to jump off the tape like a pop-up book, right? Exactly, you know, you, yes. you want to see it come in your face. And so now you get that next opportunity. You've done it once, but now what can you do for me next? It was great. It was great for the first time. But what do you get? What do you uh, got for the for the second time around? What's your encore performance? What are you going to do to say that we need to continually think about you in this type of respect? You know, the interesting thing is you're pointing out one of the great aspects of preseason, and that you have to make sure that you keep showing up because yes. we've seen a lot of guys one one and done. You know, you get that one big play or that one opportunity where you shine, and then you kind of disappear. But it's like you said, now you got to go and also. You're going into an enemy stadium. This is a, your opponent's enemy stadium here. Now, I understand Jacksonville can be a little bit like Pittsburgh Southeast. Yes. You know what I mean? It can. Because uh, that would be on the coast. Yes, it would be east of Pittsburgh. It could go straight down. And 
It is southeast. It is southeast. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It, okay. It's the. Fr- I mean, it's right there on the Atlantic Ocean side. There we go. Okay. Yeah, so so I'm, it's there. I'm, you know, I was always, I always have issues with directions. You know, yeah. I get that from my mom. You know, Hoopy. Yeah. You know, I mean, she was directionally challenged too. It's it's all good as long as you're there. As long as you yeah, show as up. As that's as all as it is. That's all that matters. And you know how to ask for directions. <laughs> That's the other skill set. Yeah, you can't get lost and then have too much pride that you can't ask and admit that you're lost. It, you know, once you admit you're lost, it's like, okay, all right, he's still in a good place. He he could be the albatross as a flightless bird just as long as he can get to where we need him to. Now, let me ask you this. Anthony McFarland shined, all right, yeah. as in, in like a featured role early on. Then we gave way to Jalen Warren. Would you flip the two? Would you take Jalen and give him a start? Or are you going to put Najee in there for a few plays? What, what well, are you going to do? I, I definitely want to get Najee in there for a few plays. I want him to get a couple of yeah, hits, too. Yeah, I, I don't want but your I first I just want season. a couple. Yeah. That's, no, no, no. So. Just a couple. Like a series. Yeah. Like, I just want a series from you, Najee, because I just don't want your first live contact to be week one in Cincinnati. Right. That's the only reason Correct why I would do it. I'm not putting you in against Detroit. Forget about it. But Jacksonville, this is an opportunity. Let's get you a series, maybe two at the most. And even then, I'd probably bring in Anthony McFarlane during that first drive, right? Okay. Just to kind of get a rotation Because you going. would hold off Jalen until Detroit, correct? Exactly. Because you want to see, okay, put this guy out here, give him 15 carries, see what he can do over a, exactly. a long haul. Exactly. Because I think that's where your top three. I think, you know, if it comes to a point where we don't know who it's going to be, I think – it's it's that Jalen Master, you know, if Master Teague comes back, we'll see how right. bad the ankle injury is, and let him and Anthony McFarland duel it out, and then bring in Benny Snell, if Benny's healthy, and see who's going to be in this final final leg of the race. But for Najee, I would start Najee against Jacksonville, let him get a series or two at the most, and that's it. Put him back in bubble wrap. I need nothing else from you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think that that's smart. And I think, uh, you know, holding off on Jalen Warren until Detroit would be a good move as well. Uh, I, I look at this young man, and I, I you know, there's so much promise there. Um, it, it's kind of fun. But I will tell you, I, Benny Snell is a guy that, has, I think, again, yesterday had a pretty good practice. You know, he's one of those guys I think that uh, um, he and, and Anthony McFarlane are, are two two guys that, in my mind, are, are solidifying good positions. You can't know what I mean? make the club in the tub. You can't. Nope. We did not see Benny Snell on Saturday. I want to see him this Saturday. Absolutely. If, 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 if we want to see the good deeds that are on this practice field, I need to see them on the well, plane surface. you got to see them on the plane surface, no doubt. Yeah. But he does have enough of a track record that it makes you, in my mind, as I sit there and see it, I see what I saw before on the practice field. Availability being the greatest ability, I get you. Um, and that's one of the things I think has been, for Anthony McFarlane, one of the biggest problems is yeah. non-availability. And I think you've got a point there. Okay, let's go to break. We'll come back with more because we got other topics going on. They're bouncing around in Max's gourd because he's been, like, flying all night and that sort of thing. Did they ask you at all to help out with the in the, in the you know, uh, flying the plane or anything like that? No, they did not. Okay, uh, but good. the pilot did come out and, and gave, gave me kind of a thumbs up like everything was good. I was like, was, <laughs> what? I mean, really? 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 I, I needed a thumbs up yeah. at this point? What I happened said, oh. that I need the thumbs up exactly. now? Exactly. I'm, I'm like, what <laughs> What went on before you opened that door? You look, you look at me and you're like, yeah. <laughs> did you figure it out? <laughs> we'll be back more after this. 
In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Now, are you saying that it's a drama, a drama queen? No, it is not a drama queen. I don't know. Now, now I'm sure Tunch would have said you, you have drama queen moments, but no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, never. 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 But no, it's like a thespian. It's just someone who who acts in dramatic performances. So, so yeah. spell the word for me. D R A M A, like okay. drama. Drama. I got it. Turg. T U R G. I thought you were saying drama turd. <laughs> Oops. Hoopy. I understand. <laughs> wow. What a difference that makes. Okay. Yes. I just, I'm I just so re- glad. Okay, so moving glad. right along. All right, all right. Ogre from Nerds. <laughs> Turds. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay, we got to just keep moving along here. Um, that one just kind of slipped out. Sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyhow, here we are at training camp. Uh, and you are we, – we're watching, again, as we got walkthrough. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Somebody's trotting with the ball, though. That might be against NFLPA rules there. Yeah. You know, yeah you you're, supposed to... To tr- you're actually supposed to be doing what our specialists are doing right here on field one, checking the seeds of, of the grass to make sure every blade is actually well, accounted that's for. That's which true. Which is a great job by the specialists. I will tell them that. Well, you got to watch out because the honkers and the ducks are on here, which they are plentiful. Oh, man. You know, the... they come around. They just – anywhere there's seed, man, Listen. they just drop in and – the geese are the worst on the on the south side. Like, like oh, spe- yeah. especially when you get like close to winter time, like you just see them they're like get off the field. It's like leaving leaving poop everywhere. I'm oh, like, come on. Oh, you want to know? A bad place was up in my last two years in Minnesota. Bud Grant. Now you remember the legendary oh, Bud yeah. Grant? He was you know always the uh, outdoorsman. You know he was yeah. he. I remember guys telling me that in his earlier years up there because he had an office still in Eden Prairie at the Vikings complex. He would come in, and he'd have his fishing vest on, his waders on. <laughs> well, he talked to the team on Monday morning, like going, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, listen, but, he was there. He, that, that yeah. was, you knew what he wanted to do. <laughs> exactly. But he would also have these deer feeders that they would pull out in Eden Prairie and put on the practice fields. And the deer would come, because there was a whole pack of deer there. And then they'd, you know, they'd do what deers do when you've eaten your food and then you're relieving yourself on the practice field, which wasn't fun. No. If you happen to fall on them, that the, you know exactly that was nobody cool. wants. Nobody wants to have the green shoulder. No, no. <laughs> the, no. the greasy shoulder. Oh no, 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 no. Shoulder. Oh, that was so bad. Yeah. No. All right. So, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, we were talking in the, the last segment about the battle of the unknowns and guys that are starting to make a mark for themselves. And we talked about Steve Sims. We talked about Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson's a guy. He's very, he's very interesting to me because he is to me a practice squad developing guy possibly you know that could uh, really grow into something he's a hitter he's a banger he's got that suddenness of movement i like the way that you know already the ball seemed to find him or he found the ball as it were on that last second rush when he came and knocked the ball loose from the seattle quarterback and of course tuzar skipper got it and we know that kenny pickett the rest well you know is history now but um, guys like that that have a suddenness and that seem to find the big play at the big moment are very interesting guys. No, you're absolutely right. I, I do, but here's my thing: I don't know if we can get him on practice squad now because well, 
because he put that play on there. So right. I think you might have to say, okay, what can you do for me special teams-wise so we can find a role for you because you take that risk once you put on practice squad. Right. It, it, you know, it's like sending that problematic. Me- message in a bottle out in the ocean, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You shot up a flare. Yeah, it's like, oh, he wasn't good enough to make your squad. Well, we need help. Red <laughs> Rover, Red Rover, send Mark Robinson on over. <laughs> You know, so I th- I think that's one of the things. He's on fire <laughs> yeah, right now. I am. He's he's pure, got too much coke in him. Pure delirium. That would at this be Coca Cola. Yeah, Coca Cola. Yes, yes. yes Let's yes. not get that misconstrued here. Yeah, and New Age Coke, not the old Coca Cola. Oh, is that the New Age stuff? <laughs> no, I'm just oh. saying because the original Coca Cola had it in there. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's, yeah, I forgot about that. Great so, yeah. googly moogly. Yeah, but um, but no, I I think that's where you have to kind of. When we're looking at some of these splash guys, right, in our unknown list is how do you stash them properly? Is this an active roster move? And obviously we still have a couple of weeks before we get right. to that point, and maybe it'll work itself out, but you have to be very conscious of those things because as you're looking, so does everybody else. Yes. That pro true. player personnel guy that's on every single team in the NFL is praying to find some guys, especially <laughs> when you go into a draft and you go into free agency, you think, oh, we got it. And then you see him out on paper, you're like, oh, God, this is not what we wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, looked, it looked good from afar, but very far from good. So, you know, I think that's the other thing we have to keep in mind with a lot of these guys that are, that are popping and flashing on film. We're not the only ones seeing it. Others are seeing it, and then there's injuries happening. I mean, you look at Makai Becton. Down at down in the Jets, and now all of a sudden Dwayne Brown is there, you know, which I'm sure people would have had Dwayne Brown on their short list and would have loved to have had him, you know, available if their tackle went down. But the Jets tackle went down first. So when you do the practice squads or you're paring down the teams, if it's guys you really want, you have to find a way to make room for them to keep them with you because you could lose them, especially this time of year where. You know, Zach Wilson goes down. Yes. And he's out for, they say, two to four weeks. I believe it's longer. But now quarterbacks are now going to be available, you know, and, and looked at to and come rumors in. start flying. Rumors start flying. So, you know, for us, we, ha- we have a very competitive and good camp, and there's a lot of depth at a lot of positions. And that's what's going to make these decisions a lot tougher because you do have guys that are flashing and popping, probably guys that were towards the bottom of your, you know, 40, 40 48 through 50. Three that you're like okay, forty eight through sixty four. What if it's forty seven through fifty two? I mean, you know, I don't know. I was just wondering, you know, just plain well, numbers. Well, I mean, I mean, but but there's, you still have to have fifty three guys on the roster. You can't if you have fifty two guys on the roster. I'm well, just trying it's a to problem. Play, stump the max. Okay? Yeah, exactly. But I'm just exactly. saying. I know that there has to be fifty three guys on your active roster. Now we could talk about dress day forty five and what happens see, with forty four. This is at the point in time where if Tunch was here, would look at me and go. Why, did you, like, eat paint chips when you were a kid? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just scooping out the, just scooping exactly. out the good old glue, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> the school glue. But, no, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of where the worry is, especially if you're thinking he's a guy 54 through 62. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, oof, okay, well, we've got to rearrange the end of this. Okay. Yes. You know, 54 becomes 53, uh, you know. And you have to get them in there. But I think if they continue to play with the opportunities that they're given, they continue to show, that's going to make it an even tougher decision, especially when you have guys, multiple guys doing doing that and showing at that same position. But I think Mark Robinson, you know, looking at how that inside linebacker position looks, he could be the fourth. He he is so interesting to me to watch. Now, 
You can see sometimes he gets a little bit, I think, the traffic is moving a little heavy for him on the inside because he's playing you, Frogger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're playing. Yeah, that's exactly you're playing Frogger. You're trying to cross the parkway during rush hour. Uh, it, it can be a little bit problematic, but you know he does things every now and then. You just go, whoa, yeah, you know. And again, that suddenness of movement it likens. It takes me back to Kendrell Bell because yeah. Kendrell, as you know. You're well acquainted with him. Oh, well Kendrell is a guy that could bring bigger bang and less steps than just about anybody else. No, absolutely. I mean, Kendrell Bell was was an explosion waiting to happen. Uh, you know, he, yes. was, he was one of the guys like, he was like, I want this. I need this. I'm searching for this. And if you're going to oblige me, I'm going to make you pay. <laughs> so he's like, KB, not today, man. Not today. Not, today's not the day. Baby. No, not today, KB. <laughs> But oh, yeah. uh, but Mark but Mark does have a lot of skills, and I think for him making that transition last year at Ole Miss, going from running back, coming over to the linebacking side. I mean, that kid had ninety one tackles as a first year linebacker. I mean, th- That's so amazing. there's a so there's a lot of innate skill, but like you said, it, it, you've got to hone and harness that skill set and get a little bit more linebacker ness in there to make sure that he's a guy who can come and be reliable for you in game situations. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got Steel City Insider. It's Wexel Wednesday. Jim Wexel joins us as Wex sits in with Max and I. Max is he's absolutely in delirious from uh, all-night transport from Phoenix. It was a net. Yeah, it was a net, I swear. It's too bad it's not like in Star Trek when you can, like, beam me up, Scotty. Oh, man, dude, if we had teleportation, do you know how much stuff I could get done? We could get a lot. Let's get – we'll get some more done after this. (laughs) We'll be back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.